0: That's 919-860-9783. Now, here's Doug, Linda, and Deborah. Investments offered through SFA Inc. Investment advice through Lewis Financial
1: Management. SFA Inc. and Lewis Financial Management are not related entities. Hello, North Carolina. This is Doug Lewis, certified financial planner, once again welcoming you to Money Matters with the Lewises, Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis.
2: Good evening, North Carolina, and thank you for joining us once again on Money Matters with the Lewis family.
1: And this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner.
3: Linda Lewis. And Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner.
2: Well, Doug, what's new in the world of general financial planning?
1: Well, you know, it's really interesting. I got an email earlier today, and I just thought that I would put it out there Uh, to let the public sometimes see what's really happening. This email says, uh, it's nice to know that you can help to protect your clients' assets with indexed annuity products. Join me for a webinar to discuss the following. One, why this strategy will beat all other IRA alternatives. Number two, the simple sales process for you to make sales. Number three, the logical investment order. If you have been searching for the solution to higher commission sales, this is your answer. So I thought that was sort of interesting that I'm getting an invitation to learn how to go ahead and sell annuities to the public and make more commissions, because I'd like the public to know this is not what we are doing. What we're doing tonight is we are giving advice. We are not here trying to sell annuities. We're not inviting you to free seminars to where you'll be asked to come and then later buy an annuity. We are here giving you financial advice and we are not trying to sell you anything.
3: And you know, that's kind of a good way to begin because what makes us different is what keeps us busy weeks and weeks, maybe even months um, in advance. People want to ask questions. People want to come in and say, what is your assessment, your analysis of what I've got, and will I make it, and what does it mean, and how do I get there? Financial planning is about everything, and, and so much of our time is spent in the comprehensiveness of the whole world of financial planning. This week alone, I had two meetings that were just about cash flow planning, not about investments, just how do, we, how do we get from here to there and help, um, and help them with their cash flow planning.
1: And those clients, as last week, those clients that come in in the next week for appointments, they will be given a free copy of either the Middle Class Millionaire book, the Wealthy Barber book, or the book Simple Wealth, Inevitable Wealth.
3: That's right. It's always our pleasure to give a copy of those books. Call me, Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner at Lewis Financial Management, 919-872-7000. 919-872-7000.
1: All right, Paul, this is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. How can I help you?
4: Uh, I'd like to spell out my situation. I'm 27 years old, and I have been uh, cruising along and investing and in, in saving, and now that I'm engaged, I'm a little concerned that my strategy is a little too aggressive so, if I could spell it out and then have some feedback, I would really appreciate it. Go ahead. Okay, I have a 20, 70, savings account of $6,000. 6000 in savings. Brokerage account uh, that is about 70% uh, stock uh, 50%, and uh, 30% cash of $120,000. And my IRA is about $8,000, about
1: $8,200. I'm real proud of you. At 27 years old, you've already accumulated... It uh, looks like you're well over 120000 already.
4: Yes, sir. And you... let me finish. I have one more uh, asset, really the one I'm most proud of. I have uh, five different dividend reinvestment plans. Uh, that total, the, the sum of all five is about $20,000.
1: Okay. Uh,
4: they're in five blue-chip stocks, and that's really it. My wife or fiancé, uh, is her annual income is about 25000 and she has a school debt of around 20000 I have uh, no, no debt at all right now. We, we don't have a house. We're, we're in the market to buy one currently.
1: Okay. Um,
2: How did you accumulate all that money?
1: Well, uh, let's get some facts about income. That may tell us.
4: My, my income is 45 to 50
1: So he's just really done a good job of saving. He's been single, and he's been saving. That's really good. I hope all the listeners that listen uh, take, uh, 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 take note because you've done a good job. A couple of things that I advise you against. Number one, do not buy the house. I know you don't wanna hear that, don't buy the house. Okay. Uh, a number of reasons that you shouldn't, but a hold back on that one. It produces both financial and emotional trauma in a new marriage. So hold back on that one. It won't hurt her. If she really likes a fancy house, then rent a nice, fancy, luxury uh, apartment or condo for the no, year. No, that's really me. I want the house, I think, a little more than she does. Good. Then you got to, it sounds like you picked a good wife, too. You do well at picking investments and wives. <laughs> uh, sometimes we have greedy wives when they come in our office, and I got to try and tell them to slow down, and let's get some financial sense here. No, I can't describe her that way at all. Good for you. Okay, then don't, don't go for the house. Hold that back uh, and wait. Until you see how it's going to go, how the marriage is going to go, the housing situation, the types of things, types of taste and everything, and get past the first year of marriage before you go buy the house.
4: Okay, well, we have a pretty long relationship. We've known each other for over 10 years and have been dating for five. So
1: Still, I mean, I've had them before. I've had them come to me when they're living. That's just my first piece of advice. Well, I just wanted to throw that in. And and, and I appreciate it.
4: If you'd like
3: further information, call us at 919-872-7000 or go to our website dougandlinda.com. that's
1: dougandlinda.com. okay number 2 the investments now you say you think that she that she's probably uh, not as as aggressive as you and therefore you're worried about uh, how to redo the whole situation
4: first of all it's not really her strategy or mine i i just now that i'm engaged i've, I've kind of reassessed and think it's a little too aggressive, right? I don't and own a mutual fund, I you're don't right. own no, a you're bond, or anything. It's all stock,
1: yeah, and not cash. And you're exactly right. It is too aggressive, uh, and it's an accident waiting to happen. And I'm glad that you, that you've identified the same issue. What's basically missing here is an asset allocation pattern. We need an asset allocation model to be applied to the entire thing that accom- that, a- that will accommodate both the initial situation. Which totals? Let me see. 120, 126, twenty-six, one thirty-six. About one hundred and fifty thousand, right? Yes, sir. Okay. So we need an overall asset allocation model to take care of one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Then we need to go ahead and set up a strong pay yourself first plan going into the future asset allocation model because your income is. Uh, what did you say it was? Forty-five, fifty. All right, your income. Close forty-five. All right, your income's forty-five thousand. Her income is twenty-five thousand. We now have a new income source. So we can even accumulate more. We've got a uh, forty-five, fifty-five. 50, we've got a seventy-thousand-dollar family income. Right. Neither of y'all been married and have children. Neither, no. Okay. So we got what we call Dinks. It's a uh, uh, financial planning for Dinks, dual income, no kids. Okay. So financial planning for dinks is really nice when you've got numbers like this, especially with a head start. You can easily accumulate a million dollars before you're 35 or 38 or something like that. I'd have to run the numbers, but that's, yeah. that's not the issue. The issue is that you can accumulate a lot early with an asset allocation model. The way you want to do this, you want to set up a meeting with a certified financial planner to take you through this process. But with the investments, you should not be in individual stocks. You should be in the hands of money managers. You can be with aggressive money managers or conservative or a mix of both, but you need to have the asset allocation model applied to the entire thing. With a $150,000 portfolio, I would say maybe you should start with uh, $25,000 units. That would let you have uh, six funds and then start feeding the seventh fund at the rate of whatever the surplus is of your old $70,000 income minus the expenses it should have a ba- I don't think you should have any bond funds not at your age but you could have growth funds growth and income funds uh, I wouldn't have any index funds uh, I'd have some international funds I'd have some small cap and large cap internationals and probably the session with the financial planner should deal with risk tolerance
2: if i can provide any more information for you you can call the office at 8727000 that's USA 7000 we're here in Raleigh i'll be happy to either send you some information or See what we can do to answer any more questions that you might have. Okay. And we appreciate your calling.
3: Bye now. There was a great dialogue that you and Linda had done many years ago about financial planning. And as I was going through, I thought I'd bring it with me tonight so that we could play. It's called just a dialogue on financial planning. And I think it might answer a lot of questions tonight, which are about how to work with a financial planner and... uh, You know, what
1: working with a financial planner is all about. Financial planning, Linda, is really, uh, I think a lot of people are wondering what kinds of questions they should ask about financial planning. I think a lot of people really don't know. Well, I guess the the main thing to ask is, what is financial planning? Well, that's a good question. What is financial planning? I always think everybody knows, but I guess they don't. Financial planning, Linda, is a way, well, you might think of financial planning as a roadmap. A way to get from here to there with the fewest detours and potholes. Now, undoubtedly, you've got certain specific lifetime goals. Everybody does. Maybe the goals are a comfortable retirement or college education for your kids or a business that you want to start or an estate that you want to pass on to your family or maybe a charity or some dream home you want to build. Well, personal financial planning helps you reach those goals through the development and proper management of your finances that, in other words... Financial planning isn't a product, it's a process. And you may use certain financial products like mutual funds or insurance or creative solutions like wills and trusts to get there, but the ends that you're trying to reach are basically dependent upon the process, which is financial planning.
2: What is the financial planning process?
1: It's a series of steps, Lynn, that are taken to help you achieve your goals. Now, the qualified financial planner who's a certified financial planner, should first gather and analyze data about your income and your expenses, about your taxes, about your insurance, your retirement plans, your wills, your trust, about your investments, and any other information that's pertinent to your overall financial situation. And then the planner should help you set realistic goals and identify certain key issues concerning those goals and maybe even make a list of recommendations and strategies for achieving them. And once you've decided which recommendations to follow, then the planner should be able to help you implement those decisions. And the last step in this process is to periodically review and revise the plan. Because, you know, Lynn, one size doesn't fit all in financial planning. It's a set of goals and strategies that are tailored to meet specific values, abilities, and needs of each individual client.
2: Well, Doug, sometimes some people wonder, isn't financial planning just for the wealthy?
1: Yeah, a lot of people think it is, but it's not, Liam. Financial planning is not at all for the wealthy, nor is it about getting wealthy. It's about helping you achieve your goals, whatever your level of affluence. Now, anyone who wants to take control of his or her financial life and make good financial decisions can use financial planning. Years ago, the financial life of the average family was relatively uncomplicated, But, boy, I'll tell you, as people are living longer, uh, there's increased complexity, uh, more complex, dynamic financial world for all of us. And financial planning is really no longer a luxury, but it's a necessity for most Americans.
2: Yes, it certainly is. Now, is financial planning really that important today? Some people wonder.
1: Yeah. (laughs) Well, think of it this way, Lynn. Many retirees today are going to live 30 or more years in retirement, requiring far more in the way of financial management to maintain their desired lifestyle with inflation going up over a 30-year period. And then consider this, Social Security and company pensions are no longer able to provide the majority of the retirement funds for many people. So if you don't do planning, you may be having a disaster waiting for you. And then another thing that's happening is tax laws. They're changing almost every year. And think about it this way. There's no longer job security, so is financial planning really important? Boy, I'll say it's important. This is Deborah Lewis, Certified
3: Financial Planner at Lewis Financial Management. Our number at the office is 919-872-7000. Call me at
2: 919-872-7000. And, you know, statistics say that uh, the average American changes jobs about seven times in a lifetime And there are millions of Americans who are self-employed and because they're self-employed, they demand new approaches uh, towards saving and retirement and taxes and estate planning, right?
1: Yeah. You know, Lynn, there's another situation just occurred to me that a lot of people are facing. It's couples who have children later in life are finding the sandwich generation facing them where they're trying to pay for college and also help their elderly parents are trying to save for their own retirement. So they got three goals they're trying to meet with one income, taking care of their kids' college, taking care of their parents who need help, and planning for their own retirement. And it is a real stress.
2: You should work with a financial planner, a certified financial planner that can assist you in addressing the goals and the objectives that you have in your world. Well, Doug, um, another question that people wonder about is, how do I know if I really need financial planning?
1: Well, you ask yourself certain questions, Lim. questions like maybe, uh, oh, I don't know. Let's say uh, you want to let's say you're confused about the vast array of investment options that are out there or maybe you're unclear about how your current investments are performing or is the risk that you've got with your present investments appropriate for your goals or uh, are you uncertain whether you've got the right kinds and amounts of insurance coverage have you created an estate plan that's proper? And are you paying too much in taxes? You just answer, ask these questions to yourself. And if any of these questions trigger, yes, that's me, then right away you need to meet with a certified financial planner. Another uh,
2: thing that people wonder about is how can financial planning benefit me?
1: The benefits? Well, first of all, it's going to give you a clear picture. Perhaps for the first time in your life, of where you stand financially. Many families have no idea how much money they have in their estate, or how they spend their money, or what they want their money to do for them. Financial planning will give direction and give discipline, and uh, as the pieces try to come together, all of a sudden, the picture is a composite picture. If they don't fit together, there may be conflicts which compound the problem. So what financial planning benefits to you or what the benefits are is it integrates your assets with your goals and your objectives to help you achieve those goals by motivating you to action. Uh, You know, if you are not increasing your wealth each year, and a lot of people aren't, a lot of people are working day to day to day to day to day to day, but they're not gaining anything. Well, there's something wrong there. You should be, your wealth should be increasing throughout your working years to support you after you stop working.
2: Yes, you certainly do need to be accumulating. And, you know, Doug, a lot of the folks that I speak with that call in at the office generally want some direction or they want some education so that they know how to make those choices. And by working with a financial planner, uh, the planner can help define and explain things that sometimes folks just feel ashamed or they feel inadequate or...
1: They feel confused. And it's very common with husbands and wives. They handle money differently. They don't communicate well about money and about financial goals. And they need the help of a financial planner to really work with together to see it from both his view and her view.
2: Well, Doug, how does financial planning work?
1: Well, first, you and your planner identify and prioritize those lifetime goals. What's realistic for your circumstances and what isn't realistic. The planner then will gather the data, review the cash flow, the insurance, the net worth and then assess your investments and your retirement needs and your taxes and your estate plan and with your goals and resources in mind, the planner will design a personalized financial plan that helps you reach your goals by making the most of the resources that you've got. Now, once that plan is is, is produced, then he or she will implement specific strategies to carry out the plan. This may be building on an emergency fund, or beginning an investment program, or uh, purchasing disability or long-term care insurance. But the implementation follows the plan.
2: Write down some of the questions that you have, and certainly, if there's anything we can do to assist you with this, we'd be happy to do so. And that number here in Raleigh is eight seven two seven thousand USA seven thousand. You know,
3: I was thinking while the 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 dialogue was being played that you know. Good financial planning advice is timeless, and those 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 fundamentals that were established by the College of Financial Planning, the Financial Planning Board, uh, you Doug, have been a financial planner since the early '80s, and y- you know you saw a view and a vision how it could be different. We cumulatively are getting the benefits of this industry. Uh, providing much more than just insurance products, investment products, um, but a lot of it has to do with what kind of advice we can we can give and offer to the public tonight and during the week and and as financial planners.
1: The it's interesting listening to myself discuss this from ten or fifteen years ago because the matter of egadim e yeah. g a d i m establish the relationship, gather information analyze the information, develop a written financial plan, implement the recommendations in the plan, and monitor what has been implemented. Those uh, steps, which I spoke about since 1985, uh, they are still the same, exactly as you say, Deborah. And it was very interesting because I did see uh, a, a, a question that was written into the News and Observer And it's very interesting because the person who wrote in said, we have a difficult time living within our means and need some help with budgeting. We've contacted some financial planners. Uh Aha! But they either want to sell us commission products like insurance, annuities or mutual funds, or they just aren't interested in this type of planning, even if we're willing to pay them an hourly fee.
3: And that's so odd because that's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> so I'd like to say to that writer and to that article, Well, you have found the the answer to your question. <laughs> this is to listen to us and ask questions about Cash flow planning. This is a big part of how people accumulate, especially at the beginning of their lives. Call me, Deborah Lewis, certified financial planner at Lewis Financial Management. Call me at 919 872 7000. 919 872
1: 7000. I'm thinking of a client that you met with last week, Deborah, as a matter of fact, who was not at all a retiree with high wealth, but one who wanted just this very Thing. They wanted to know. And I remember oh, when... Oh, the young couple, yes. Yes,
3: I remember. I had two meetings this past week, and well,
1: the young couple... Uh-huh. I'm thinking that that couple, after they booked their appointment to meet uh-huh. with us, then wrote an email saying... I'm not sure I need <laughs> I to have a meeting because I don't want just to talk about investments. I want to talk about my student right. loans.
3: And, <laughs> right, thinking of going back to school and we're going to live on one income. How do we do this?
1: So you and, met with them. How know, did the I meeting did. go? And it
3: was it was so precious because at first they were like, "Well, we don't want to we don't want to waste your time if this is not what you do." And I said, "This is exactly what I do. If you want to know how to make this work over the next 2 years, that's what I do." And the meeting went great. They wrote me a nice thank you letter. How old were they? 27 years old. Wonderful. Were right. they married
1: or just uh, getting married? Yeah,
3: yeah. And, um, and, and uh, um, you know, very, very pleasant. They had, they had been recommended to us from a, uh, um, a family member, a extended friend who had become family over the years. And, uh, and, the, and the meeting was set up as a way to plan for our future. We want to start off on the right foot. We don't want to make mistakes and wish we hadn't spent some time with someone to talk about how do we get from here to there. And a lot of it was um, preventative. Let's do the right thing at the very beginning of our financial lives together. So um, if they're listening tonight, we wish them the very best. But um uh, they they already have a uh, tentative appointment set up to uh, to implement. I some think of that's these crucial to yeah.
1: realize that 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 financial planning, as we practice it in our office, covers every aspect of the financial world that's of right. the clients. That's right. And that may be just like this young couple wanting to know how to start and deal with student loans and and and, and the cash flow items, or it maybe should we be thinking about buying a house or not? That's right. That's right. All it, these issues it may be at the other end that we have just finished uh, our working years and now we're moving into retirement. We don't know if we're going to do the right thing or the wrong thing. Financial planning covers everything.
2: You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewis Family on News Radio 680 WPGF. And if you've made a decision that you'd like a second opinion about your investment portfolio or your financial issues, call us at Lewis Financial Management. The number to call is 919. Eight seven two seven thousand. That's nine one nine USA seven thousand. So Linda, I know you had some um, helpful pieces
3: of advice tonight for young couples, uh, or just couples who are marrying for the first time, and uh, not other types of rela- uh, of situations, maybe second marriages and stuff, but just basic advice for couples marrying for the first time and in the realm of prenups. Uh, what would be the rule number one as far as what people should consider in regard to prenups.
2: Well, in love and marriage, there are several rules that that uh, newlyweds should look at uh, if they are considering a prenup. And, you know, it's important to know the guidelines that you can consider, which is know who can... Benefit, right? That's who right. Who can benefit from having a prenup?
1: That's right. That's right. Because it's not just the ultra rich who can benefit from a prenuptial agreement. A prenup is a say. It sounds just. It's just a word that stands for a prenuptial agreement. That an agreement between the husband, the future husband, and the future wife that they sign before they get married. <clears throat> but these days, people are getting married later in life, which means that prior to marriage. They may have created or sold a business. They might have received an inheritance. They might have received a valuable gift from a relative, or they might simply have been very good at saving their their money. And so, uh, who can benefit from a prenup? You know, several years ago, I heard of a secretary at a law firm who told me she and her husband lived in the house that her grandmother had given to her, which was worth a few hundred thousand dollars. And then, unfortunately, they later went through a divorce. And because this house was the marital home and they were married several years living in it, she had to buy her husband out of her grandmother's house. Well, a prenup would have taken care of that. So I agree the first thing to understand, the first rule for prenups is to know who it can benefit.
3: All right,
2: Linda, what would be rule number two? Well, it goes without saying that it... If you're going to have a prenuptial agreement, get started early, because people tend to become stressed and emotional as the wedding day is approaching, and adding negotiations for a prenup to that stress can certainly cause tempers to flare, and typically what happens uh, once you've made the decision that it's something that you need so that if you have a home that you want to preserve in the family, then... Typically, people call to inquire about prenups four to six weeks prior to the marriage.
1: Actually, in in my experience with clients through the years, I have always asked clients to consider four to five months before the marriage. And a lot of times I'll meet with both the... Uh, the the husband to be and the, and the, wife, the you know, yeah uh-huh. the bride and the groom <laughs> yeah. the fiancés yeah but to explain that uh, why it's a wise thing
3: I would say rule number three is address the embarrassment factor, and this is probably the most hard one to, um, uh, but easiest one to get out of the way. Marriage is a legal agreement that brings with it many rights and obligations, and a prima nup is a smart measure simply because unfortunately a high percentage of marriages fail. So a dose of logic can help diffuse the stress of this whole uncomfortable or embarrassing uh, situation, and you just need to understand that it's if it's about a particular financial or family situation, it's that that is necessitating the prenup agreement and not the quality of the relationship. You know, more people have prenups than you think. And um, even people have postnups. But um, rule number three to me would be just address the embarrassment factor. We need to deal with this so that we don't end up in a in a more complicated situation uh, if it, it can be avoided with a prenup.
1: I like, that very much because embarrassment is the most common objection i've had when i've brought it up to clients but the fourth rule i would say is always be respectful be flexible every prenup should create an agreement that a client can live with comfortably during during the course of, of, of your marriage you want to find out what's important to your relationship priorities might include being able to live in the marital home or having access to money without having to ask or being able to maintain a certain lifestyle You know, if your spouse uh, asks you to leave a job. And once these issues are identified, then solutions can be tailored to address them in your prenup. So I think it's a good thing to bring up because we know about 50% of marriages do not make it. And so it's much better to have everything worked out ahead of time.
3: This is Deborah Lewis of Lewis Financial Management. Call us at 919-872-7000 to speak about your situation and to set up an appointment. 919-872-7000.
1: Hello, Richard. This is Doug Lewis, Certified Financial Planner, Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. How can we help you this evening?
5: Hello, family. I don't have a thing you can help me with. I just want to tell you that I've listened to you off and on. For probably 15 years. My, thank you. And uh, I, you know, I was I've been a stockbroker for most of my life, and quite frankly, I thought you guys were full of it. <laughs> and and I just recently started a CFP course, and realized how critical that is for 99.9 percent of the folks out there because they just don't understand all the nuances of finance. And not having a plan is absolutely foolish.
3: Well, first of all, congratulations on the next step in your career. That's amazing. I want to follow up with my dad said, thank you so much for listening. And uh, you'll be someone else providing great, um, uh, more comprehensive
1: Well, that's the best testimony you can get from an ex-stockbroker who's decided that he understands the, uh, (laughs) because usually they're the ones that are trying to badmouth the the financial planner. But you're exactly (laughs) right, Richard. I got it.
5: I'm like, I understand it's crap. What is he telling these people? What are they, nuts? (laughs) And I thought, well, most people, they don't get, they don't know this stuff.
3: That's right. some
5: serious help. Yeah. Uh, Unless you're... um, Uh, A part of the industry, you do not understand all the nuances of all the uh, financial variables out there, and and you really need some guidance and a a roadmap to where you want to go. I just think it's imperative for most folks to pay someone to help.
1: Richard, I can't tell you how much I appreciate your call. I really do. And if I can help you at all personally in the development of your own career, please feel free to call my office and I'd be very happy to uh, uh, share anything in the field of the profession. I'd be happy to work with you to help you.
5: Well, I thought you liked this call because I I, I owe you. (laughs) 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 Thank you, Richard.
1: All right, Richard. Thank you so much.
5: All right. Thank you.
2: Thank you and have a wonderful week. You're listening to Money Matters with the Lewis family on News Radio 680 WPTF, and we love callers like Richard. <laughs> if you've decided that you would like to schedule an appointment, call us during the week. Leave your name and number if you'd like to call today, and that number to call is 919 8727000. That's 919 USA 7000. Well, Doug, Linda, um, I guess collectively we must put accidentally
3: on purpose 30 hours a week into reading just articles, books, magazines. And um, as we know, but I'd like to share with our listeners is that uh, there was an article about a fantastic book in the um, the article was fantastic in the, in the uh, News and Observer this weekend about a book, and I thought I would at least bring it out as a, a topic for us to discuss tonight.
1: Well, the book actually was written by a certified financial planner named Carl Richards, and the review was what what came up in yes. the, in the newspaper article. The writer said that... I'll bet you fall into one of two camps. Either a small number of you have a detailed financial plan that, prote- that projects your income, your expenses, your investments over the course of the next 30 or 40 years, or the rest of you don't have a financial plan and are either unsure of how to develop a financial plan or afraid that the results will show a gaping chasm in your financial future. Well, I would like to have uh, helped that writer answer that there is a third group of people okay and the third group of people are even smaller they're a smaller group yet because they do have a detailed financial plan And they don't have, but this third group also has a proactive certified financial plan who continues to guide and monitor what happens month by month, year by year. Some of our clients have been with us. I'm thinking some clients, I wrote a financial plan for them over 25 years ago. That's right. And and to stay with them, this is the third group and this is really them. But I really like the way that the writer said, He said, I'm going to make those of you with the raft of spreadsheets and projections feel somewhat uncomfortable.
3: Okay. (laughs) Because the book I'm
1: talking about, he said, is called The One-Page Financial Plan. Uh Aha. He said, if you have a detailed financial plan, it undoubtedly contains very precise-looking numbers. It might even give you a range of possible outcomes based on different market scenarios. While your financial plan is certainly better than not having one, it's actually just a wild guess about the future because does anyone really know what his or her compensation is going to be in 10 years?
3: That's right. Is anyone sure that they'll always be gainfully employed throughout their careers? Can anyone uh, confidently predict any of these things? The truth is we don't know the answer to any of these or any other critical questions.
1: And that's exactly right. The greatest contribution to financial planning, is a simple question that dominates the first part of the relationship. This first step in developing a financial plan, according to the writer, and I agree with that, is actually not about numbers. It's about values. Okay. Because, you know, if you spend some time thinking about why money is important to you, what's important in your life? and your family's life, you may discover that you and your spouse have different ideas about what is important. Linda, can you think of how many times through the years, we have had a husband and wife sitting in our office, and he's saying, well, yeah, how about all those shoes you've been buying? And she's saying, yeah, uh, what about your golf expenses? And, and you know, they just have different priorities and everything, and they're looking for uh, a third party that they can bring all these things out of, uh, out in front of. That's
3: right. That's right. There's a lot of views that they don't even know how different, or maybe, if they're lucky, how similar they are. But it does bring that out. The exercise of answering the why questions will force you to identify your goals, your prioritize those goals and then confront the trade-offs. That's so, right. That's know,
1: exactly right, Deborah, yeah. because this is not an exercise that is conducted casually over dinner. No, 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 no. Uh, this is not this is very serious. In our office, we generally spend about a half a day with the clients in this exercise. And of course, he said in his article that some of us will be better off having a third party facilitate the conversation. My experience is- That's n- us. No family is going to do it on their own. That's right. No husband and wife are going to do it without having a certified financial planner helping establish the priorities and and weigh out them. If you
3: need help, call me, Deborah Lewis, 919-872-7000. 919-872-7000. Once you have established your priorities, you can actually proceed to the planning process. And this is where you start to build a financial plan, and you'll have to estimate how much it's going to cost to realize those
1: priorities. That's the trade-off that's there. And uh, after we get to that point, then you have to have a basic understanding of the budget. How much do you make? Where's the money going? And this actually is the most detailed part of the exercise and one aspect of planning that clients can control. I would say if you had to put it in a simple word, a simple language, simple phrase, that at Lewis Financial Management, our financial planning is always need-based. We start with the need. The you know, Doug, that, is a, that,
3: that is the best way to sum us up. Because whether you're earning money and you have an income and you know you want to smartly set it aside in savings and then investing, it's need-based.
1: It has to be need-based, everything. Whether it's the question of long-term nursing care insurance, paying for college, buying a home or renting a home, retiring, it's always quantified yeah. by the need. That's
3: right. Well, there are... Um, once you Then there are the, the right questions. you know. Once you've figured out how much you are saving or need to save, you can finally start to worry about the investment part of the equation. So um, it's not a, a, a stance of, you know, or that we're in favor of the do-it-yourself investing. It is that you should see someone who can help you with this.
1: So I was really happy to see that, uh, that the book at least is being recommended. Of course, I... I think that you can't really try and do it on your own, but at least it's getting out there and the process is being discussed.
2: That's true. If you've decided you would like to set up an appointment, we would love to set up an appointment. Call us at Lewis Financial Management. Our number is 919-872-7000. And we will give you a free book when you schedule an appointment. the, The three books that we are offering are the wealthy barber, simple wealth, inevitable wealth, and what's the, oh the middle class millionaire? Yeah, and um, most people um, are are uh, really
3: excited to read these books because they are they are usually just like they are people who are wanting to set aside from a, a modest or um, normal size income and how to achieve financial
1: independence. There was this article about parents and considering whether they should help their children buy a home and i think we have seen much of that through the years more and more in recent years and you know whether it's a, a cash gift or any other form of aid it pays for parents to consider just how to best aid their children how to, 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 to best aid the children without placing their own financial well-being at risk
2: well doug i was just going to ask you what's new in the world of cash flow planning and that that's it. D- certainly is it
1: that's it linda that's it and i i think there's certain uh questions that, that 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 the client has to ask before making the move to help the kids that's
3: right i would say the first one uh doug and linda is going to be assess your finances parents may be tempted to pitch in financially to help get their children into their first home but they shouldn't do so before going over their own finances and ensuring that they can afford to live without the funds. So this yeah. is particularly important if the parents are close to
1: retirement. Boy, I see it all the time. That's the time when they're going to have to live on their own assets and savings and investments. And a financial advisor such as myself, such as yourself, Deborah, certified financial planner here can help figure out whether you're able to afford making a large contribution to your children's home fund. So that's the first consideration, I would say.
2: That's right. Another consideration is if you are going to make this such a gift to your children, go with cash.
1: Yeah, because if you decide to kick in some money toward your children's down payment, it's best to go with discretionary cash, say, from a savings account without having to go in and liquidate investments. And for sure, you should avoid withdrawing funds from an IRA or retirement account to help your kids out.
2: And another uh, consideration is make it a gift.
1: Yeah. Some parents may decide that they can't afford to give their children something, so instead they're going to do it as a loan. Forget that. <laughs> <laughs> that, is, that. That is not a very good plan at all. It produces a lot of grief down the road, stress. If you're going to help the kids, either a gift that you can afford or forget it. And but fundamentally, don't do it, don't
3: do it if you can't. If, if you can't in your mind see it as a gift.
1: And that brings me to the last thing to consider: alternatives, Deborah. Parents can help their children get a financial leg up sometimes by maybe advising them they don't want to buy a home. Maybe it's better if you can't afford it, my dear children. Right. Why don't you rent? There's nothing magical about owning this home because you're not going to own it anyway. The bank's going to own it. You're going to be paying mortgage payments and most of that interest of that mortgage payment is going to the bank. So maybe the best advice the parents can give their kids in a situation like this is to rent a home until things get better. That's right. I
2: definitely agree. I think I've heard about two or three households just this past week where this is the consideration that we're going to build a house. We're going to buy a house. And really, have you looked at the numbers? Have you done a cash flow study? Have you done an analysis to determine? Because I think uh, what happens in the mind of a young couple, I'm just guessing, because <laughs> I remember we were there once. We were what, there, we Linda.
1: Had? We were there.
2: <laughs> um and when you're starting out, you think, "Okay, well, if we rent, we're paying this much. We're paying seven eighty-five, or we're paying nine eighty-five, or a thousand dollars a month. Why not just the mortgage payment would be that much?" But what they forget is the burden that they've taken on themselves of a of debt that's either one hundred and fifty thousand. 200,000, sometimes 250,000. And what happens if one of you loses your job or gets pregnant and can't work? So then what? Then you're up a
3: creek, right? All of it is a part of financial planning. All of it is a question and an answer in financial planning.
1: It's all part of the planning. It's
3: all part of the planning. And it's all going to be individual to you. So instead of rules of thumb and, and guidance that's general and generic, meet with someone, get specific advice Custom to you and your situation, you'll feel
2: better. You'll you'll know more. You're listening to Money Matters on News Radio 680 WPTF. Money Matters with the Lewis family. This is Deborah
3: Lewis. Our number at the office is 919 872 7000 919 7000 Tom, Doug
1: Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. Deborah Lewis, Certified Financial Planner. How can we help you this evening?
4: Yeah, I have a question. I've heard you and other people give the same advice. That you should invest in the funds, not by the funds themselves, but by the people who manage them. Correct. How do you find out who manages these funds? How do you track their records?
1: Okay. Uh, and it's a very difficult question to answer. I, it can be answered, but you have to do your own homework. For example, I, Morningstar is a good place to start. Morningstar does indeed give us a lot of information about the tenure. uh, That's the T-E-N-U-R-E, the tenure of the managers. Uh Uh, A lot of people are concerned because many companies advertise the track record of a mutual fund, but they don't let you know that the manager who made that fund is now gone. So Morningstar is a good place to start. And then you can go further. (laughs) You can go to the websites of the individual fund families And you can find out some help there. In our own practice, that's one of the services that we provide to our clients. I, of course, we as certified financial planners, we do go ahead and only use financial planning um, uh, tools. And when it comes down to to stay
3: up with this very thing,
1: that's the very thing. If we see a manager has left, then we will be recommending that the card that the portfolio. Has there been a change,
3: Tom, in one of your investments, or is this in going forward you would like to invest in mutual funds?
4: A question I've had, because I've heard that advice several times, and I've never had a tool that I I would know how to use to find who manages a fund or what. Well,
3: I'll tell you, but, well, the prospectus has to tell you who is currently the manager. What you'll have to do is dig a little deeper. And
1: some prospectuses will give you the length of time that they've been on the fund and so forth. How old are you, Tom? I'm 63. You're 63. Have you ever met with a certified financial planner in the past? All right, you might want to jot down our phone number. It might do well to come in and have an appointment with us. Uh, that's one of the things that we cover during our first appointment. You will pay a fee for our advice because we are not selling products. We are selling advice. Okay. But <laughs> but on the other hand, uh, that's exactly the kind of thing. You may have other questions, Tom. Our number at the office is 919-872-7000. That's 919 872 7000 and if you want to see what our faces look like and how we act uh, operate our website is called doug and com. there we've got interviews and videos of ourselves
3: doug i would add one more thing for tom uh tom one of the things that we usually cover during a meeting is like Linda frequently says on our show make a list of questions a lot of questions that people have is can you tell me about what i have who's managing it What's been its performance? You know, tell me more about what I own. Another version of that question is, tell me about these investments that I would like to own. Uh What's your opinion on these managers? What's your opinion on these funds? So we can be very specific when we're not on the air. I understand.
1: Yeah, that's a a part of the enjoyment that I have is actually diving in. I meet with a lot of the mutual fund managers, myself personally, and then come back and give the feedback to the clients. And sometimes I set meetings up to where the clients can talk with the managers themselves. But the bigger thing is to look at your entire financial world, because as we've tried to hit on this evening, uh, on tonight's show, financial planning is largely about investments, but it's not totally investments. There's income tax planning, cash flow planning, there's estate planning. Estate planning is a big thing. And oh yeah, retirement people, planning. Yeah, you're sixty years old. I don't know uh, how uh, how far you've gone in your own estate plan. Have you have you uh, have you developed a a, a, a com- comprehensive estate plan for yourself? No, I have. Well, I would say that's something that's crucial. Uh, as a matter of fact, um, uh, do you know the difference between a living trust and a will?
4: Not exactly. I've heard you explain it before, but I don't know. so. Well,
1: well, I think it's very important because when you're 30, it doesn't hit you. Well, it doesn't come out of my advice so often. When you're 60, I get very concerned about the God forbid scenario. Not God forbid that you die, but God forbid that you don't die. God forbid that you become disabled, that you're exercising, that you're jogging. Yeah, Yeah, you have a stroke. You're somehow incapacitated. And that's exactly the point in time when a revocable living trust becomes the most usable tool. Uh, And most people think, well, I've got a will, but you didn't die. So it doesn't matter. Yeah, the will only works when you're dead. That's right. And then others say, well, I have a power of attorney. Well, that doesn't work because, well, I shouldn't say it doesn't work. It, It may not work. I've seen some of the largest mutual fund companies in the United States refuse to accept the power of attorney. So the revocable living trust may be something that you want to learn more about.
3: What are the things that are on your mind, Tom, other than just who might be the managers of mutual funds?
4: Well, not really a whole lot in the financial area, Uh, more maybe uh, helping my son who's 22 and he's wanting to start investing things and he's, he's looking to me for some information and In that area I have been able to help him I know you look at the managers but I haven't yeah this is how we need to
3: do it well we do a lot of what's called family planning meetings where for example in your situation you and your son would come in together and that way he could get professional advice and you would be there as a as a as another recipient of that advice so that the two of you could help him going forward Um, that beca- that has become very popular as a way for the elder generation to help the younger generation move in a direction that perhaps you yourself have already done. You know, so again, just to reiterate what Doug was saying, jot down our number, 919-872-7000. You know, leave me a message um tonight if you'd like at the office and we'll pick up the conversation where I can be much more specific but a family planning financial planning session sounds like exactly where we could get started in moving him in the right direction the direction that you want to see him you know becoming financially independent okay how
1: okay. about are you are you married or yeah, or i'm married all right so for sure you would want your wife at that meeting you know we have found through the years that uh, one of the most uh, important aspects is that both the husband and the wife are educated. So they're proactive as life goes on. It's going to your retirement years. Are you still working or are you retired, Tom? I'm still working. All right. So you're moving towards that stage. You know what I'm saying? This uh-huh. is the last decade for most people that are still working. And this is the time that you and your wife want to be making all the plans for the future. And you and she, you want her to be as educated as you. I would like that.
2: And, uh, you know, your comfort level is the most important thing. And certainly because, you know, you spent your lifetime working, saving, you know, in your retirement plan, taking care of your children. It makes sense, doesn't it, to write down your questions and work with a competent advisor that can give you the comfort that you're prepared for your retirement. Thank you for calling, Tom, and have a wonderful week. Uh,
1: thank
4: you all. God bless you. Bye-bye. Thank God bless
1: you. you, and to all of our listeners, remember your money matters because your financial plan and financial future is at stake. We are the Lewis family to help you and your family.
0: You've been listening to Money Matters with Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis. Money Matters provides you with a personal financial hotline on any subject where money really matters. For more information, you can call Doug, Linda, or Deborah in Raleigh at 919 872 7000. That's 919 872 7000. Or go to DougAndLinda.com and listen again next Sunday at 6 p.m. for more Money Matters with Doug, Linda, and Deborah Lewis on News Radio 680 WPTF.